Hey guys, you know me, I'm all about the easiest way to make a podcast, and I've decided to go with this podcast on Anchor, because number one, it's free, but it's a creation tool that I can do anywhere at any time on my phone or my computer, and I can edit my podcast right then and there. I can add music to it, I can add sounds to it, and it will be distributed anywhere and everywhere spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, but my favorite pocket cast and i can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership now at my last podcasting host i had to have 500 downloads a week even to get minimal payment this you do, don't have to do. Make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey guys, this is Sam with Daily Sports Betting Overtime. Now, if you read the episode title, you're probably thinking, what's this got to do with betting? I think it has a lot to do with betting. I think we've had some coaching jobs here in college basketball recently that have come open that have started dominoes falling. With Marquette, them firing Steve Wojciechowski, with then Lon Kruger retiring, we had Shaka Smart leave Texas to take the Marquette job which leaves Oklahoma and Texas open. Then we had uh, Chris Beard leave Texas Tech to take Texas, which means Oklahoma and Texas Tech are open. Well, then the bomb dropped that I'm not sure anyone saw coming. I think they saw it coming in the next couple years. I don't think anyone thought that it was going to drop, though, this soon. They thought that maybe it would drop if this season, after the championship, Roy Williams retiring at North Carolina. Um, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't really like Roy Williams. I have to give him my respect, though. He has coached at two of the biggest programs in the nation. Uh, started out as an assistant coach at North Carolina, took the Kansas job, took them to the championships, and then took the North Carolina job and took them to championships. So I have to give him the utmost respect. Why do I not like him? Well, I started not liking him, um, I guess, when I was in high school. He was trying to get Mike Miller, who was a recruit from South Dakota, and Billy Donovan from Florida, who is one of my favorite coaches ever, uh, decided to stretch the rules of recruiting. He talked to Mike Miller's family, and on the first day that you could meet a recruit, he showed up at Mike Miller's house at 
And he spent time with his parents, with his brothers, with him. And Roy Williams thought he would be the first coach there. I think he showed up at 7.30 or 8 in the morning. Mike Miller was all excited still that Coach Donovan had been there and spent so much time with him. And Roy Williams started out with, I'm happy the fir- that I'm the first coach to see you. And that's when he was informed, no, you're the second. Coach Donovan showed up at 12.01. He turned in Billy Donovan for that, said he was not following the spirit of the rule and instituted Billy Donovan's first NCAA investigation over something completely stupid. I don't like his style of play. I didn't really like Dean Smith's style of play. But you have to give North Carolina complete respect in what they have accomplished with different coaches. I look with kids being able to make money off their name and it becoming more of a me game. We're seeing that in college basketball, going to more isolation, more dribble drives, and more one-and-dones. I look this to be a domino, not only in the coaching profession, meaning it opens up other jobs, but I look for Coach K and Coach Jim Boham to also be retiring within the next two years. They do not like this rule. They, Roy Williams, Kay, and Boham have always created teams. They've created programs. They have created families. And I think that's what you're going to hear about North Carolina over the next couple weeks. I do not look for them to make a decision this weekend, which is what a lot of North Carolina fans want them to do. You've got to realize that North Carolina is Nike's flagship program. They are the best-selling jersey, shoes, uh, any kind of clothing, hats that Nike has in college basketball. They are one of the leaders in the ACC and in just the NCAA period. They're a top three job in the nation. Some may say it may be the number one job in the nation. Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, I think that makes it worth taking a call. You may want Jay Wright. You may want Brad Stevens. Um, Trying to think who else you would look at. You may want them. They may take your call just because of those things that I listed. I don't see them leaving. I really, really don't. North Carolina being North Carolina and always preaching family. Every coach after Dean Smith 
was or has. They were an assistant coach for him. Or they were a player for him. He believed in keeping the program continuous and in the North Carolina family. The problem is, when you look at the North Carolina program, and you go through that list of who has coached with Dean Smith, or played for North Carolina, it is a really, I think, checkered kind of list. Obviously, the two best people that you could pull out of the hat, the two best coaches, is Hall of Famer Larry Brown. Problem is, he's 80 years old. Now, whoever gets the job, they ought to call Larry Brown up and see if he wants to be an assistant coach. Even a part-time assistant coach. I think he'll jump at it. But him being a head coach at 80, I don't think so. Plus, he's put a lot of college teams on probation by bending, breaking, and sliding on the rules. So I just don't think that that's going to happen. Again, when you look, George Carl has to you know, be one that you would look at. Again, he's too old. He doesn't relate well to the players of today and what he could bring to the table. So, who everybody kind of thinks could possibly have a chance, may get a phone call, may get an interview, may get a visit on campus, who always is back on campus. I think that you have to start with Hubert Davis. He right now is a North Carolina assistant. He is an ex-North Carolina player. He is not flashy. He is a very humble man. Um, I don't feel that he speaks real well in front of crowds. I watched him virtually this past summer give a talk. He was excellent. But when he has to do press conferences, when he has to give basketball coaching talks in front of a crowd, he's not real great. Also, not sure how he would run a huge programs such as North Carolina. There is more to North Carolina basketball than just stepping on the floor and and coaching practice for two or three hours a day. There's boosters and you know there's dealing with administration. And I know that you're saying, Sam, that's everywhere. Yes, but you gotta multiply it by a hundred, maybe a thousand, with it being North Carolina all eyes are on you. ESPN will report on anything you do out of the ordinary. I don't know that Hubert Davis is ready for that. I don't know that he will enjoy that. And here's the thing. 
when Roy Williams said he was going to retire to the administration, to the athletic department, they, I'm sure, asked him for a short list. If they were going to choose Hubert Davis, if he was on the athletic department short list, he was on Roy Williams short list, he may have even been on the administration short list. Why did they not announce Roy Williams' retirement and Hubert Davis being hired same day or next day? I think it's because he's way down the line. But to hear the news media, they think he's a top candidate. I don't. You're also hearing about Jared Hulse. He is Stanford's coach. I think he has a bright future, just not at North Carolina. He has not been able to get Stanford in the tournament. A lot of people blame the academic standards at Stanford, which, you know, may or may not be true. But he has lost a lot of recruiting battles that he should have won. And I feel like the last two, three years, and granted the last two years have been crazy with COVID, but I feel like the last two or three years, his teams have gotten worse instead of getting better. And that concerns me. I don't know that Jared Hulse even gets an interview. A lot of people want to mention Steve Robinson. I don't think Steve Robinson gets a phone call or an interview unless a lot of people turn him down. He does have a checkered past, um, and his teams have not always been great. His recruiting has been suspect. I, I don't even think he's in the mix. Same thing with King Rice. When King Rice, um, who played at North Carolina, when he left the program, took other coaching jobs, of course he started out at smaller coaching jobs, but he hasn't impressed anyone. And he hasn't made a name even in smaller conferences. I don't think he gets a call or an interview unless people start turning them down. So, in the family, when you're talking in the family of North Carolina, I think there's only two names that are even in this race. One, because he's one of North Carolina's better players in recent years. He was a good player in the NBA, and he wants this job. He's going to pull in every favor, every contact, every person that he has ever networked in order to get this job, and that is Jerry Stockhouse. He is Vanderbilt's head coach. He has a losing record at Vanderbilt in the SSAC, which the SEC is not really that great of a basketball conference. But he hasn't been able to even compete. And... I don't know that he can handle the North Carolina program. We talked earlier about how big it is. 
Um, yes, he is going to be able to recruit by selling. I was in the NBA. I know what it takes. I know how to get you there. I know how to do this. Is that enough with players nowadays to get them to come to North Carolina? And is his coaching up to par with, say, like Jawan Howard, who basically has been on the same career path? Can he win with his coaching at North Carolina? I'm not sure of that. I don't want to say no, but I'm not sure. The one that I think is probably the best candidate in the family is Wes Miller. He's the head coach at North Carolina Greensboro. He's had five uh, 20-plus winning seasons. He's 38 years old. And I think that's what North Carolina needs. They have always taken a little bit older, experienced coaches that they knew could handle it. He, uh, Wes Miller is coached at Elon. He's coached at High Point. Now he's at UNC Greensboro. He has won everywhere he's went. He can get kids to play for him, and he's young. He's willing to learn. He's willing to listen. I could definitely see him making a phone call to Larry Brown and saying, hey, coach, do you want to be an assistant coach for me and teach me how to do things? Do you want to be a part-time coach where you come in two or three times a week? I can see him doing things like that. By getting him at 38 years old, you can keep him at North Carolina for the next 20 years if you pay him. And I think... He is the best possibility. Because like I said, he's willing to change. He's willing to learn. And I think the North Carolina coaching committee has to, when they bring someone in, they have to ask them, what is your detailed plan to keep North Carolina where it is and to get it back in the top five in the nation? And it needs to be detailed. It needs to contain who they want on their staff. If they don't get them, who the backups would be for their staff. Why they want them on their staff. What is their recruiting plan? Who are some recruits that they are thinking in the next two to three years are must-haves for North Carolina? And what is their plan on getting them? I think that they need to know, are you going to run Dean Dean Smith's style of basketball, or are you going to start more of a modern style? Or is it going to be a combination? What kind of style of offense and defense are you going to run, and how are you going to present that to our fan base, to our boosters, and to our recruits? I think that has to be part of the whole interview process. The last member of the family that everyone is considering to be a dark horse that I think has no chance 
Now, if he wants to be an assistant coach, I can see him being the last low man on the totem pole assistant coach offered a job. Head coach, no way. It's Kenny Smith, the TNT analysis. He has been a part of the North Carolina program since quit playing. He always is on campus. He is always working out with players. He's talking to players. Um, All of that. But he has no coaching experience. I hope you heard that. None. Zero. Nada. Should never be considered for the head coach of a top three program. Like I said, he wants to start at the bottom and work his way up. That's cool. He's probably not going to do that. But for people to even suggest that he might get a phone call or an interview, kind of disrespectful to the North Carolina program that Dean Smith started building. Personally, I think the athletic director, he is not a member of the North Carolina family. And I think that makes a difference. He has been willing on other coaching jobs to also go outside of the North Carolina family and get the best coaches. Who I think he picks up the phone and calls first is not Wes Miller, is not Jerry Stockhouse. I think his first phone call has to be to Tony Bennett at Virginia. He is the leading coach in the ACC. He is one of the best coaches in the United States. He has a program that he has built from the bottom up. He has a culture that he has built from the bottom up. And he believes it. His assistant coaches believe it, his players believe it, and his alumni believe in it. He is exactly what North Carolina needs. Do I think he leaves the University of Virginia? No. I can see him only leaving if they can fulfill anything that he wants, including money, access, Uh, control, and I don't know what North Carolina is willing to give, but that would probably be my first phone call. My second phone call would probably be to Chris Holtman, who is Ohio State's coach. He has had four 20-plus winning seasons at Ohio State. He took over for Thad Mata. He has done an excellent job of keeping Ohio State on top or near the top of the Big Ten and keeping them in the title picture of everybody talking about national championships in Ohio State. He is also younger and willing to work, willing to learn, willing to get to know and network and go do the recruiting. So, those would be my first two phone calls. Now, I'm biased. My third phone call 
would be to Billy Donovan. Yes, I know he just took the Chicago Bulls job this year, but look at the job that he has done with them. He took a Florida program that was in the dirt. Rick Pitino told Billy Donovan, do not go there. That is a career-ending position. Instead, he stayed at 20 years at Florida, won two championships, was in, I think, four or five Final Fours. He was in like eight or nine Elite Eights. He made Florida a powerhouse, which allowed him to go to Oklahoma City, and he ran into dealing with player personalities with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Tevin Durant, and you saw him be a coach and not let the players run his program. He is now taking over a young Chicago Bulls team. You can see he is instilling his values, his culture in them, and they have already won more games than everybody thought they would win in a whole season. So, I think a phone call needs to be made. He's 55 years old, which is the same exact age that Roy Williams was when he took over the North Carolina program. But, Billy Donovan probably has the better resume. He's always been an excellent recruiter. And I think that is where... The line is, does he want to recruit or not? If he doesn't want to recruit and he wants to do basketball, he stays at the Chicago Bulls. But if he wants to recruit, then he will come back to college. Um, Then I think your call needs to be to Wes Miller, which is who I think they will and should hire. If you're... A little unsure, you need to interview more candidates. John Beeline, I know he's older. Big Ten analysis. Um, I really think, no, he did not do well at the Cleveland Cavaliers at all. But at every program that he has went to on the college level, he has totally turned around and brought them back up think he could be an excellent transition coach where you hire an assistant head coach, maybe someone in the family, to groom them to be the actual coach. And John Beeline is the kind of transitional coach. And then the hot name that everybody seems to want to mention is Porter Moser, Loyola's coach. I don't think he fits in at all at North Carolina. Um, he may, you know, get a visit, get an interview, get a phone call, whatever. But I think once he steps on campus, he tells them his detailed plan. He tells them, you know, the modern style that he's wanting to run. I just don't think that he is the right man for the North Carolina Boosters, their fan base. Um, he may recruit great players for his system, 
and he may win. I don't know. But I don't, I, I just don't think North Carolina hires him. So, I'm going to end this podcast with, if you can find anywhere to bet this, and there are some offshore books that are actually taking action on this. Um, Who my first phone call would be? Tony Bennett. But I wouldn't bet him. I just don't think he's going to leave Virginia. I just really don't. So I think your two leading candidates that you could bet is one, Wes Miller, who I think they will hire, and Chris Holtman, who may sneak in there, even though he's not part of a family. So if you can find somewhere to bet that, that's my two picks, Chris Holtman and Wes Miller. Jerry Stockhouse may sneak in there, but uh, I think they're making a big, big mistake if they do. But that is my take on the North Carolina job. And then start watching the dominoes fall. Because if Chris Holtman would go there, then who goes to Ohio State? And if you hire somebody from Ohio State, well then who goes there? You're going to see a lot of different dominoes fall. It's going to be an exciting offseason in college basketball with the coaching carousel. I uh, am out. We're going to have to watch this and see how it affects recruiting and how it affects futures for college basketball betting. I will be keeping up with this. I'll talk to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road.